Welcome to the FFGF Podcast. We are a church located in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Our mission is to know God and to make Him known. We pray this message blesses you today. If you'd like more information about our ministry or how to partner with us, visit us at fredfulgospel.com. Thanks for listening. So I have something for you today. And if you have your Bibles, and you should have your Bibles, if not, have your iPhone or your iPad. And turn with me to the Gospel of John. And uh, we're going to read a little bit of a familiar story in chapter 4. You all know about the woman at the well and how she came and Jesus challenged her. That if she would draw from the water of that well, she would thirst again. But if, we, he, if she would draw from the water, he would give her, he, she would never thirst again. Now, how many recognize that that is a true statement? That the things of this life pale, they become old. That's why we need things new all the time. But thank God Jesus never grows old. His blessing is new every morning. And we thank God for that stream that satisfies, irregardless of what kind of day it is. Irregardless of how things are going in every area of my life, it's not contingent on that. It's contingent on something within. Jesus makes life worth living, and we're thankful for that. And so we just want to look at a few verses here. And the woman responds to Jesus, and Jesus responds to her. And he says in verse 21 of this chapter, John 4, He says this, Jesus said unto her, woman, believe me, the hour comes when ye shall neither worship in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Verse 23, he says, but the hour comes and now is that the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. I think what the problem is, excuse me, we're having all sorts of things today. If we could remove these out of the way, David, that's what's kind of making this uh, reverb. Maybe you can help Larry. Just thank you so much. Let's see if I'm right. Okay, let's see. Bring them out, guys, and face them towards the congregation. Thank you. Okay. Now, if my volume could be dropped just a little bit, I think we have it. Okay, let's read verse 23 together. But the hour comes and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Now, I want to admit my sermons are pretty, pretty simple. At times, they remind me of the Andy Griffith show. Do you remember the Andy Griffith show? And after three minutes, you knew exactly what was going to happen, but you sit there to listen anyway, and it's kind of nice. Yeah, that's kind of like that. But there's something wonderful here today for us. The purpose of Jesus' coming is so we could worship God, and we could worship him in spirit and in truth. It's so important for us to understand And worship is so connected to the Christmas story. If you think about it, there's so many instances in the Christmas story that tell us of God's being worshipped. And so I'd like to look at some of them with you. Let's look at Luke chapter 1. 
In Luke chapter 1, we have an instance, our first instance of worship being given. It's actually chapter 2, excuse me. Luke chapter 2. And it says in verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Then look at verse 13, 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The heavens worshipped because of his birth. The heavenly host Praise God. In fact, we're going to see later on in my talk that all heaven is worshiping God. Heaven is all about the worship of God. It's all about praising him because he is worthy of our praise. If you look at Matthew chapter 2, we have the wise men coming into the picture. And I'd like to begin reading at verse 9 of Matthew chapter 2. It says, actually verse 10. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Verse 11. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They actually fell down. These were men of notoriety, men of learning. And yet they recognized something very heavenly. Something very mighty had come. And they recognized the awesomeness of it. And so they glorified God. They bowed down before him. I'd like to say to us this morning that worship and praise is the result of a life that has found God. Every life that finds God in reality becomes a worshiper and becomes a praiser. I want to remind you the Bible said, Jesus said, the Father is seeking such to worship him. And he then said, we didn't read this verse, it says, but they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I'd like to say, first of all, his word is truth. How many people you talk to and say, oh, well, I have my God, and I serve him this way. And, you know, I think he's this, and I think he's that. Well, I have no right, no license to think. The Bible tells. This is the truth. This is the way. Thank God for the Bible. May it always be ours and may be, always be free to read it. And so we need to worship him in spirit and in truth. The truth is the word, but the spirit is his anointing within. You see, you really can't worship him until that anointing comes into your heart. Religion doesn't worship him. Pews don't worship him. Songbooks don't worship him. Church services, if God's not here, are not to the point. The true worshipers have to worship him in the spirit. Hallelujah. And thank God we can all worship him who are saved here because we are born again of the spirit. 
And we also believe that we can be filled with the Spirit and baptized with the Spirit. That means totally plunged under. Sometimes folks are afraid of that. But I think it's just a whole lot more of the revelation of Jesus. And I experience it and it's good for you. It will make you to hear his voice. It will make you to be guided by his Spirit, led by his Spirit. The Holy Ghost helps us to pray. But let's just cut to the choice, the, the, the point today. The point today is we need the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit when he comes will produce a worship in your life, a praise in your life, and exalting Jesus Christ in your life. It's not just something in your head. Hallelujah. It's in the midst of your being. Your whole body comes alive and you just shout glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to men because he's real to you. Hallelujah. We want God to be real to us and alive in our lives. Praise God. You know, it's interesting that they fell down. The angels seemed to exalt and praise, but these wise men fell down. And I heard one time a missionary say, and I never forgot it, praise is when we lift him up and worship is when we bow down before him. There's times in our place here, a little strange old Pentecostal church we call it charismatic. We made it a little easier, nicer music, but it's the same old thing. Sometimes we get to praising. Sometimes we praise him in the dance. I haven't seen dancing in a while. I'd like to see some dancing. Sometimes we shout, hallelujah, glory to God. And sometimes the presence of God comes just this week in Epiphras prayer. He came so mightily down, we couldn't move. Do you know there's a glory in silence? There's a bowing in his presence. When God is there, whether it's loud or whether it's silent, if it's true worship, it's contact with heaven that exalts his name. And the Father is seeking such to be worshipped. He not really just wants to be worshipped. He wants people's lives to be changed, to be freed from their sins and delivered and have that joy of the Lord so they come into relationship with God to give what God is worthy. God is worthy of our worship. In fact, I love this verse that I'm going to have you read with me. And it's in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. If you want to look at that, it will be up on the screen. Hebrews chapter 13, 15. It says, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Now look at the first three verses. It says, by him... Therefore, well, when we receive Jesus into our hearts, like making it clear, Jesus doesn't come and live in our homes. That's kind of silly. He doesn't come down to earth again. What does he do? He puts his spirit within us. You want your spirit or God's spirit? You want the world's spirit or a Holy Spirit? Do you want the spirit that discerns and reveals truth? Or do you want this world's spirit? So defiled, so deceptive. Where's truth? But Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And when he comes into the life, by him, therefore, by his spirit is the only way I could worship him. And he anoints us to praise him. And how many know it's not hard to praise when the Holy Ghost is moving? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
It's not hard to praise when he touches your heart. In fact, it's just automatic. It's just as a natural response. And so it says, by him, therefore, offer the sacrifice of praise sometimes. When you feel like it. In a service when others are listening to you. No, offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. You know why? Because he loves you continually. He's pouring out his spirit continually. He never forsakes you, leaves you, or never goes to sleep. He's always on your side. Hallelujah. He's always coming to you, and we all should give him the praise continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. It actually says, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. Now, you know Christmas is about giving. And so my front door will be open after the service for gifts to be deposited <laughs> under my tree. And so we give gifts. And a gift is a sacrifice, right? You pay for that gift. You give something to get that gift, to give someone else that gift for free. So in a sense, it's a sacrifice. And I'm thinking here that the only gift we can give God is the sacrifice of praise. Because when we worship him in the spirit, he's honored. It says it's calmly and it's good and it's right. And God takes pleasure in his people as we're fellowshipping with him. And so how many believe that Jesus deserves a gift at this time? Doesn't he deserve to be part of our Christmas festivities? Shouldn't he be central? Because folks, he's the one who's worthy of our praise, not because he's just on the throne, which he is, not just because he's truth, which he is, not because he changed us, but because the price he paid. Come on, are you thinking? Think of the gift from the throne to the cross, from the highest heaven to earth, to take upon him the form of a man which was humble enough. But not only that, he humbled himself further and became obedient to the death of the cross. He gave a gift. Praise God. He gave his all. He gave it for every one of us. I used to have a little plaque and I don't know what happened to it. Pastors get so many plaques. Don't give me a plaque. <laughs> but this little plaque said, it was not the nails that kept him on the cross, but his love for you and me. What a gift. God so loved the world that he gave a gift, his only begotten son, that whosoever believed... Perfect democracy. Whosoever means anyone who receives him shall have eternal life. Praise God. Praise God. And so we need to offer him back the praise of God. I've said this often. It's a true statement. You can study it out. To praise the Lord is commanded in the Bible more than any other command. It's important. I want to say this too. Our praise defeats the enemy. 
The enemy is always trying to defeat us. But the Jesus in us has defeated him. And so when you praise the Lord, what you're doing is you are lifting him up, right? You are telling who he is. And by faith, you are receiving your victory. Praise is given to us not only to glorify God, but to make God victorious in your everyday life. Because I can promise you somewhere along the way as a Christian, you're going to have doubts and trials and discouragement. And the enemy, whose name in the revelation is the accuser of the brethren, is going to come to you and say, see, you're not worthy. And he's going to do everything to shut your mouth and kind of make you unable, at least seemingly, to praise him. But that's the time you need to shout his praise. We've been singing here that we shout him in the storm. We praise him when it doesn't look like he's worthy or he's not working. He is working. And I tell the story all the time. I hope you don't kid me. This is the Andy Griffith Show. So anyway, it's a rainy day and I'm flying. I'm an evangelist. I'm going somewhere. It's, and I'm going through the clouds. And it's such a rainy, awful day. It looks so gray. And then the plane went to the other side of the cloud. And the sun was shining. It was so brilliant. It was a beautiful day. I'd like to say to you today, the sun is always shining over your life. You can praise him in the night. You can praise him in the dark. You can praise him because he's got it in his hand. He's going to kick out your enemy and he's going to bring your victory. Worship is a response to finding God. In fact, if you don't find God, you can't praise. You can go to a dead church that doesn't praise. Sorry. You can have religion and go every Sunday for the rest of your life. But the only one that will set the heart of free is a revelation of the king. The king is on the throne, but he's come down to change you. He's come down to give you a new song. I'm almost done. But not quite. We're going to look at the end of the story. Revelation. Let's turn to Revelation 7. I'm going to begin reading at verse 9. We're going to see what they're doing there today. Revelation 7, verse 9. We're going to read verse 9, 10, and 11. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations, of all kindreds, all people, and tongues. Thank God. God's salvation goes throughout the whole earth. Every nation, every kindred, every people. And they stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Verse 10. And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God. You know, Jesus said in his prayer, he told us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. His will is being done perfectly in heaven. And up there, they're falling on their faces. Up there, they're praising him with all their heart. Saying, amen, blessing. This is what they're praying and praising. Amen, blessing 
and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto him forever and ever. Amen. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 5 and see what they're doing two chapters before that. Verse 6. Oh, I love this chapter. I speak too much about it. Jesus ascends the throne, takes the book. You know what the book was? The book of redemption. Totally sealed. There's weeping in heaven. Nobody can open it. But Jesus comes because he was worthy. Folks, he pleaded your case. He declared you acquitted of your sin. He takes the book and he rips the seven seals. And the Bible says that there's just rejoicing in heaven because he was found worthy. Look what it says here. Verse 9, and they sang a new song. Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For you were slain and has redeemed us to God by thy blood. Yeah, let's stop there. The gift. By thy blood, you've redeemed us out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. And you have made us unto our God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Now listen to this. We're going to finish up here. I'm going to read 11 through 14. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb. You see, when you find him and see him and receive him, you know he's worthy. And for anyone who doubts God here, I want to say to you, your doubting is misplaced. Doubt this world. Doubt the pleasures of sin for a season. Doubt trusting in this world's goods. Doubt the uncertainty of riches. But don't doubt Jesus. Because he's there. And he's the prince of peace. You know, I was not a wealthy young man, but I had a dad who had money and had a business. And I enjoyed the business of that or the blessing of that. So I had my skis and I had my surfboards and I had my car that I could use. He drove around in a Thunderbird. He let me use it. I was real cool in that. I was broken. I was unhappy. I had depression. I had money. I had hair back then. Everything was right. But nothing is right. But Jesus, hallelujah, has not changed your heart forever. Hallelujah. Pray. And at 17 years old, I found something that became so real to me. That one of the treasures my dad wanted to give me was his business. And I said, Dad, I can't work in your business. I can't get involved. God's called me to serve him. And I went to this little place and lived by faith for 24 years. Made very little in that regard, but I gained so much. Jesus will make your life complete. Jesus will be the answer to the emptiness you feel. And just think, when you try to get your pleasures in the things of this world, how confusing and tiring it is. Striving for something that will never 
work. But I can tell you, Jesus works and wins and satisfies. In closing, and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, maybe we could say it together, blessing and honor and glory and power unto him that sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. You know, one minister said, how come they're always falling down in heaven? Well, we see it one more time. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that lives forever and ever. That's it. That's it. Now that's not it. That's the precursor to our worship team coming back up here and leading in us, leading us in, oh, come, let us adore him. And every one of us are going to have a privilege of lifting our hands, if you choose, opening your heart and worshiping him and giving him a gift on his birthday today, all right? Actually, Wednesday. Praise God. How about we stand? Amen. While they're setting up, is he worthy? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I want to say as they're coming, only the redeemed have the new song. Not even the angels can sing the song we sing. They weren't forgiven of sins and healed and delivered and set free. Someday, brother, Steve, I want you to give your testimony. How you were lost in drugs and how your mind was gone. And Jesus came in and you became sound and whole and free. Oh, that's what Jesus does in the life. How many are thankful for what Jesus does? So I'm going to give you the privilege today in our house to worship Him, to praise Him with your voice, your heart today. Praise God. Let's do this.